Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to talk about being undisputed and undefeated. You know, I, I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a sports fan all the way around, and I like boxing. I used to like wrestling when I thought it was real. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, it ain't real, man. But uh, you know, one thing you used to always like when the announcer would come on, he would say, you know, the undisputed, undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, it was just somewhere that rolled off like, man, that, hey, this man coming in. But, but God let me think about that. And that's the reason I got the picture of the man up there. He's, he's a trainer. He's training for boxing. He's training. But it's not them walking in with the belt that makes them the undisputed, undefeated champion. It's what they do in moments like that. Where they got a sweatsuit on and they, with the jump rope and nobody's, nobody there with it, but they trainer. And they running miles and they doing, they doing the stuff that nobody sees that allows them to be a champion when the lights are on. But I want you to know, and, and Word of God wants to affirm you today. But a couple of points, and I'm going to leave them with you. The first thing is, I want you to write it real quick that you are a son. And we mean son in a general sense, just mean a general child of God. I'm not trying to defame or demean. Our women of God here, but the word of God calls you sons of God. Tell somebody besides you, I am a son. I am a son. John, the first chapter says this. I'm going to give you some backup. John, the first chapter, in the 10th verse says this. He came into, his, into the very world which he created. And the world did not recognize him. King James would say he came into his own and his own received him not. So he came into his own people and even they rejected him. But to all that believed and accepted him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. Let me tell you something. Israel was God's initial chosen people. And he sent Jesus to redeem them back to him. But they rejected Jesus. But I'm so glad that they rejected him. You know why? Because that opened up the door for us, y'all. And the word of God says is that, that as many as would receive him, he gave them power to become sons of God. Which means this, you can receive Jesus, 
and not receive his sonship. The word of God said he gave them power to become. Somebody say power to become. How many people have received Jesus in this place as your Lord and Savior? You have the power to become a son of God. What do you mean by that, Pastor Tony? Power means you have the ability. That once we go, once we get to the place of salvation, there is another step. Somebody tell somebody there's another step. You you didn't have to you didn't have to start walking in your sonship. What does sonship mean? I got one son, Anthony Gerard Jones Jr. He's under my fatherhood. He is my son. Undeniable. He's my son. Undeniable. But as my son, he has first responsibilities. You a Jones man. You carry yourself in a certain way. People that the people that we will never meet that work to make our name good. Don't you dare do something against our name. Second of all, you got responsibilities around the house. He's a trash man. And he's about to be the grass man in a minute. <laughs> but he's got responsibilities. Under sonship, there comes responsibility. There comes accountability under the sonship of the father. And a lot of people, they want Jesus to save them from a burning hell. But they don't want the accountability and the responsibility that comes with being a son. Now, I, now I hadn't talked about the perks. He can go to the refrigerator and get something anytime he wants to. Keep him in good clothes. Ain't never wanted for a thing in his life. Shoe size bigger than mine. I can't go. I can't go get the get the four wide four wide ones that cost sixty dollars and forty dollars. I gotta give him stuff to cost. Does this thing that big cost? You know, because I love him. You know, I don't want him to go to school and no bobos. A lot of people used to call him. They still call him that now. I don't know where they come. They call him water dose. Says to spend good money. There are privileges. I'm not going to have my children looking. You ever seen parents looking like they, they stepped out of a magazine and children looking like hee-haw? I ain't no way in the world. So there are certain privileges to be my son. There are certain privileges to be my father's son. He stopped by and said, hey, God, you know, <laughs> daddy just like to get, he just like people to eat with him. Got some, got some food. Y'all want this? Got some cookies? What about the store? I'm like, daddy, I don't need it. Well, y'all know y'all might need it. He'll take it. That's just what he does as the father wanting to bless his children. And Lord, when you get grandchildren, you definitely spoil them to death. But that's what God wants you to know. That you are a son. Not only that, but let's go here. Ephesians, the second chapter. It would be good enough if he made a son. Tell somebody, I'm a son. But he says, Ephesians 2 and 4 says this. 
But God being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even we were dead and our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated. <laughs> this, this, the ESV says, seated us with him in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. So that in the coming age, he might show his immeasurable riches and grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Not only did he accept you as a son, but he gave you a seat at the table. Maybe I'm talking too metaphorically. Y'all, we, we just got finished with Thanksgiving, right? Y'all remember, I don't know about, about y'all, but y'all know that only the grown-ups used to sit at the table. The kids get the little fold-out little card table. With, with, the, with the little solo cups and all that stuff, right? They don't get the good stuff, but the grown folk get to sit at the table with all the good china and all the good glasses. God said, you know, although you are a child, you don't have to sit at the card table no more. There is a place for you at the table where the, where the, where the feast of the Lord is being presented. That means that there is healing at the table. There is provision at the table. There is peace at the table. Everything that you need, children of God, is at the table. I have seated you with my son because you have accepted him. I have seated you with my son, Jesus, in heavenly places. The word goes on to say above all principalities. So not only did he give us sonship, but he didn't treat us like Cinderella. a sonship and then he gave us access see it would have been good enough since Gwen if he, if he just saved me and allowed me to get into heaven I'd be happy with that but he gave us the bonus of making me a son and giving me a seat God but somebody gets see you gotta understand you know when, when, when seats are at a premium when like when people are at you know at, uh, at, at, uh, at uh, places where dignitaries are the importance of the person is dictated by the placement of the seat President Obama has something down in downtown you know the, the dignitaries and those people that are the most important of the poor uh, important the A-listers the people who are most important sit closest to the person of honor and God is saying I've seated you with my son and I've been places that I may not have been all that important my name may not have been on the list but because I was with somebody who was I got the same rights and privileges I got into the same VIP I, said, I ate the same hors d'oeuvres I, I sipped on the same cider I went in the same back entrance I got behind the same velvet rope as the person whose name was on the list for no other reason than I was with him can I tell you something that when you accepted Jesus you got a VIP pass to all the good things of the kingdom. Well, you may ask, say, Mr. T uh, ask, uh, uh, Pastor Tony, what does that have to do with it? The devil's job from the beginning of time has been to delegitimize 
your sonship and the word of God over your life. Somebody say undisputed. His goal has been to delegitimize the sonship by disputing the word of God over your life. I'm going to show you proof. Go with me to Genesis, the third chapter. Genesis, the third chapter, and the first verse says this. Now, there was a serpent that was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God made. And this is what the serpent said. He said to the woman, did God actually say that you should not eat any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Well, listen what the devil says. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God had just given a commandment to Adam and Eve. So you can touch any tree in this garden, but this tree right here in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you cannot touch it. If you do, you shall surely die. Before that, Jesus, Jesus, God, and God, the Holy Spirit took counsel with themselves and said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the field and over the beasts of the, beasts of the field and the fowl and the air and the fish of the sea. He, he, he said all that and then he said, not only he said, but not, and he gonna give them commandments. Then he said he blessed them first and then he gave them the commandments to be fruitful, multiply, subdue, have dominion. He gave them all those things to do. But the devil came immediately he didn't challenge her. He challenged the word. The devil came immediately to challenge the word. He came to delegitimize what God the Father said over his children. Can I tell you something, people of God? The word of God is full of precious promises. That you are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are the righteousness of God. You are seated with him in heavenly places. By his stripes, you are already healed. Tell somebody, those are my promises. The promises came by what? Came by the word. The promises came by the word. And so what, the, what is the devil's goal? The devil's goal is to delegitimize that, yeah, it, yeah, that the word applies for sister such and such across the church for me. It applies for the person, it applies for the family down the street for me because they're good and they're wholesome and, and they got it all together. When we don't know that everybody's got skeletons in their closet, everybody behind closed doors got all kind of craziness going on. It's just people are, some people are better than covered up than others. He says, yes, the word of God is true. But like he told Eve, it don't apply to you. The devil has been disputing like a good attorney in court. He's been disputing the word of God over your life, in your ear. They say, you're never going to be anything. That you're never going to amount to anything. Nobody would want you. Nobody could use you. Out of, your, out of all you've done, out of your testimony, how you walked off on God and you made promises to him and you walked away from him and you disappointed him and other people. The devil is, am I speaking to anybody in this place that the devil has been disputing? 
He's been trying to refute your future. When God has called you son, he's trying to say that you are a bastard child. That God only allows, he only allows you in the house because of mercy. He don't really want you around. He gave you a little mercy just because, you know, I'm just, you know, because I love you, I'm going to let you hang. You ever been around people that's going to, like, like they're they going to they give you the privilege to hang with them? That's what the devil is trying to say. You're, you are not a legitimate child. But God wanted me to grab you by the lapels and let you know you are a bona fide, certified in the blood of the Lamb, authentic son of God with all the rights, the privileges of being a son of God. He went to his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, then he gave the power to become the sons of God. God gave you the power. Tell somebody beside you, he gave you the power. Now it's time to use your power and receive your sonship. You are no longer some bastard stepchild. You are no longer Cinderella. You are no longer one that God just tolerates, that he allows you to be in the house. You are a bona fide child of God. He loves you. It's his pleasure to bless you. And that people of God is undisputed. God said, my word is settled forever. In heaven. What does undisputed mean? It means it's unchallenged. It is documented. It is certified. Whenever, whenever they, they, they proclaim that a boxer is the undisputed champion, meaning that he has won all the belts. He has won all the trophies. There is nobody else that can truly contest him. He is the undisputed champion. And that's what God is saying over your life. It is undisputed. You are my child. It is undisputed that you that healing and salvation and prosperity and everything that I've designed for you. Tell somebody it's undisputed. So when the devil comes talking that yang in your ear, you tell the devil, I don't receive it. Go back to the pit of hell from where you came from. Because that does not line up with the word that God placed over my life. Somebody shut up disputing. People that spoke over your life said you will never be nothing. It is undisputed. Let every man be alive and let God be the truth. And if it wasn't the truth, when God, anything God speaks becomes truth. Anything God says, let that be, becomes, has no choice. Tell somebody, I am a son of God. And I want you to concentrate on these coming days. Because see, here's the thing, y'all. Whenever the end of the year comes, people feel a need and an obligation to be depressed. To be down on themselves. To be looking back on what they did not accomplish. And all this stuff, and people want to gear it down. But God wants us to finish this year strong. And the way we're going to finish this year strong is by what we believe and what we speak and what we receive in our spirit.
And God is saying that it is not even up for discussion with the enemy. It is undisputable. It is irrefutable. It is settled and is a matter of law and principle in the portals of glory that you are a child of God. And when you are a child of God, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you always until the end of the ages. He, he, he will lead me in the path of righteousness. He will lead me beside still waters. He will cause me to lay down in green pastures. That's God's word. And y'all, it is undisputable. It belongs to me. It's certified. It's certified down at the clerk of court at the register of deeds down in Forsyth County that Bobby Alfonso Jones Sr. is my father. That is undisputable. Nobody can change that. I don't care what rumor you put out there that I'm the milkman, son. These pigeon toes prove that I'm in son. It is undisputable. It is certified. It's got a seal of the government that that's my father and I'm his son. It is unrefutable, undeniable. God, I wish y'all would get it like I feel it. That you are a son of God. Stop listening to the lies. We know that he's a father of a lie. So if he's telling you that, the reverse is the real state of affairs. Y'all, it ain't rocket science. We're going to make a choice. Do we believe what God's report? Then we talk about Joshua Caleb. Are we gonna repeat? Are we gonna believe God's report? Are we gonna believe the report of the enemy? Amen. One more thing, and we're about to go. Hope this is blessing somebody. But here's the thing, people of God: you will only benefit from a word that you qualify for and believe. You can only benefit from a word that you qualify for and believe, and if I can add an addendum to that, and obey. You can only qualify for. See, a lot of people are claiming words and claiming things on the atmosphere that your life is not in alignment with, and so therefore you don't qualify for. And then we want to act like something's wrong with God's word. No, nothing's wrong with God's word. It is perfect. It shall accomplish wherefore if it is sin. So I want you to ask yourself, is my life, is my speaking, is my thinking, are my actions in alignment with the word that I'm claiming? And if it is, is my believing at the level? But then we're going to make a turn here. And because you are the undisputed child of God, you can never be defeated. 
Tell somebody, I am undefeated. I am undisputed. I am the undisputed son of God. And because of that sonship, I should never be defeated. Here's the thing, y'all. Paul said in Romans 8 and 18, says, for the reckonings, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. What is Paul saying? That my temporary loss compares nothing to my long-term victory. Can I tell you something? And this, this is something. This is the part that's not going to. This is the part that's not going to make you jump and shout. You're going to be like, "Man, why did I come here today?" But it is possible to obey God and still suffer loss. See, I'm not going to wrap it up in this in this nice sugary gospel. The majority of the disciples that followed Jesus died as martyrs. So tell somebody it's possible to obey him and still suffer loss. But there was a difference between suffering loss and being defeated. Can anybody attest to the fact that the devil has won some battles? He's got some good shots in. I stuck my chin out there and he got me. I took my guard down and he hit me right in the gut. Knocked me down on the canvas. Let's be honest, he got us. He's gotten us before. But, but, it's not over. You're not finished. For the race is not given to the swift. Nor is it given to the strong people of God, but is the one that endures to the end. How do I know you still can win? Because you're still here. Your story is not finished being written yet. Your script is not finished yet. So don't let your temporary loss deter you from the long-term victory. I don't know if this is much I'm giving you today. But God just want to remind us as we enter into this season where, where the devil wants to speak to us. And see, a lot of times, see, here's the thing. And then I was talking with somebody earlier today. Sometimes people put too much emotional stock in these holidays. At the end of the day, this is something that people said on the calendar. This is a day. And so we put too much stock in it for it to be good. And then when people are gone, we put too much stock in it that they're gone. They just as gone as they were the day before and they'll be the day after. Sometimes we, 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 open, up the enemy, we open up the doors to, to the enemy. Give him a license to drive us into depression. 
I don't know why. I don't know why I'm on that today. But in this season, God said, no, you are my child. This is what I want you to remind you of. In this season where the enemy is going to be coming against your mind. In this season where the end of the year, where the devil is going to be telling you what you haven't accomplished or what you haven't done. I want you to know what you are. And it's irrefutable. You're my child. And here's the part I'm going to share with you as we're about to go. Galatians 3. Let me finish up on this next week. Galatians 3 and 13 says this. This is how we'll never be defeated. Tell somebody I'll never be defeated. Because of this scripture here. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is anyone who hangs on the tree. In order that Jesus Christ, that in Jesus Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What am I saying? Jesus died not only to save us from a life of sin, but to get us back in the streamline of the blessing. What is the blessing? The blessing of Abraham is that original promise that he made to Abraham. He said that if you leave your country and your kindred and you leave what's familiar, I'll make your name great. I'll make you famous. No man will be able to stand in front of you. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. Somebody say the blessing. He could have just saved us and kept us from hell, but he gave us the bonus of giving us access. Jesus became a curse so that we could become partakers of the blessing. Let me tell you how strong the blessing is. The blessing is so strong. This is how strong the blessing was. That Genesis 24 and 1, he says this, that Abraham was old and well stricken with age and the Lord blessed him in all things that it is not relegated by your age you can be young as a little suckling and the blessing can be so on you the blessing which was on the ark of the covenant when it was in when it was in Uzzah's house for that period of time his house became so blessed because the blessing follows it You shall never taste. It's the difference between defeat. Defeat meaning you are, you've been obliterated, meaning there is no comeback, meaning that there is no way for you to ever succeed. God said there was a difference between you suffering loss. As a matter of fact, God said some loss I caused to come your way. Some doors I caused to close. Some people, I caused them to turn their backs on you so that I could get you to a place where you would know it was me who blessed you. Everybody standing to your feet. I may pick back up on this next week. But I want you to realize and know 
that you are the righteousness of God. You are undisputed. Son of God. Can you turn to somebody, confess, tell them I am the undisputed Son of God. Say, I am not a bastard child. I belong to the Father. And He belongs to me. And tell somebody, I've got rights, I've got privileges. I've got an inheritance that belongs to my father. And tell him not only that, but he seated me in heavenly places. If you believe that, if you begin to believe that, if you, if you quote something to that nature every day, you cannot be depressed. You cannot have a pity party. You cannot have a, a woe is me attitude. That God, I am so, I am so, I am accepted in the beloved. I, I, I could go deeper, but time will not permit me to. But the word of God said that he has made me accepted in the beloved. Beloved is a special category. You know, we like everybody, but we, got, we only got a couple that we roll with. I ate spoon coons. I mean, you know, I roll dogs. We ain't got about a few of them that you put some Vaseline on your face for. You that's a, that's a, there is a small section of people that you will go to war for. God said he's accepted you in the beloved. And you belong to him. Tell somebody, I belong to him. I'm God's property. I feel faith rising in this room. I don't know why God steered me this way. I know why not because the devil has been speaking in people's minds, telling them that you're inadequate, that you're insufficient, that you don't measure up, that you're never going to be good enough. Anybody who had children, and many children you have with all them daddies, you never can tell anybody about anything. God said, I use broken things. To prove that I'm the mender. I could never be the repairer if there was never anything broken. I could never show that I'm the restorer of the breach if there was never a breach. The Bible is filled with people who are murderers, who are whoremongers, who are people that have done all kinds of things and yet and still God used them. He proved he was God by turning trash into treasure. David, a man who went down as a man after his own heart, he plotted to kill a man. He slept with another man's wife. He saw a woman bathing and plotted kill him. He did all kinds of things and yet still he went down as a man of all God's own heart. Not because he was a loose, he was a loose and simple man because when God pricked his heart, he turned his face to the wall and said, God, I'm sorry. That made him a man after God's own heart. 
He takes pleasure in receiving children back. He's open. His doors are open. His doors are open wide to receive children. He gave you power to become. But you got to exercise your power to become. You can be saved all your days and never be a child. Oh, God. We're all God's general children. But I'm talking about stepping up to the plate and sitting at the table and being a son. Can you hold hands with somebody beside you? Let's pray. Father God, it's in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the brothers and sisters that have assembled in this place on this Thanksgiving weekend, God. Lord, we're so thankful, God, that your word has found us, that it is undisputed that we are your children. It is undisputed that our DNA, that it, it matches yours, God. Lord, you, you made us in your likeness, in your image, God. And so, Lord, right now, Lord, we cast out every, every high thing and every thought, every, every sinful thought that acknowledges itself against your word, God, that exalted itself against the knowledge of you. Your knowledge says that we are your children, God. Your word says that we are heading out the tail. Your word says that we are above all and not beneath God and so anything that comes against against that knowledge God we cast it down right now Lord we can do all things we can do all things you're not finished with us God you're not finished with us you're not finished with us God we are not finished with us come on somebody declare God you're not finished with me you're not finished with me you're not finished with me. There is still more conquest, God. There is still more mountains to climb. There are still more territories to take, God. With my, with my marked up past, God, there is still more that you want to use me to do, God. I'm not washed up. I'm not like, Lord, my righteousness may be as filthy rags, but God, I'm not a throwaway rag, God. You have made me. You have designed me. You've made me fearfully and wonderfully, God. So, God, we receive your grace of sonship God we receive it right now we receive it right now thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church we pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship if you are ever in the greater triad area we would love for you to be our vip for weekend worship experience on sundays at 10 30 a.m on behalf of pastor tony and the fellowship family thank you again for joining us and remember to love god love people and impact the world